Lyle Collins gets upgraded. He's active. He's ready to practice. And the offense takes its first win in training camp. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Lyle Collins, big news, steps up, gets activated, is out there in pads on Wednesday for the Bengals' final practice, open to the media before their first preseason game. He won't play, and we'll talk more about who will play, who won't play in tomorrow's episode. But great news for the upgrade there. The offense also had a nice day on Wednesday, and we'll break down what went right for the offense as the defense has generally had the upper hand throughout this early portion of training camp. But first, James, the big news today, no longer on the NFI list for Lyle Collins. And we saw this coming. I think we talked about it a little bit a couple days ago. We saw Collins taking pass rep, uh, pass sets. He wasn't wearing pads or anything, but just working off to the side, taking pass steps, pass sets, being a little bit more active and Great news to get him out there. That is a fully healthy complement of offensive linemen that soon, as soon as they get Lyle Collins back into the full swing of things and practices, and we've seen them take it slow with guys like T. Higgins and Logan Wilson, for example, a full complement of healthy offensive linemen for this offense. Yeah, he's. they're going to take it slow. He's. I wouldn't be shocked if we don't see him in team drills even next week. Uh, but he did go through some individual stuff on Wednesday. And it was great to just see him in pads, see him out there because we know how important, how crucial he is to the Bengals success this season and into them reaching their ceiling, right? I think this team has a really high floor, but if you're going to reach your ceiling, you need things to go right. And one of those things is having 71 out there early, often starting week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers on September 11th. So look, I, I like we said on last show, I, I think he looks good. I'm not really worried about the back and we're getting to a point where much like T Higgins or Zach Taylor was like, uh, Oh, he's ready to go. T tells me every single day. He said that on Wednesday, uh, T Higgins could play in team stuff right now. And the Bengals are just making sure taking it easy uh, because they're still, as we record this uh, a month plus, And as a lot of people hear it a month from the start of the regular season, and so I think it's going to be the same thing with Collins and it's going to be a gradual buildup. He talked after practice and he's trusting the plan. I think he feels comfortable, confident, and he does buy into this culture scheme, all of those things. Uh, the one thing that stood out to me, he talked in the locker room and then he also talked after practice in the locker room. He said, look, at this stage of my career, I want to win. And I feel like this is the right place for it. And uh, there were some national uh, reporters there that were like, oh, that's kind of a backhanded shot at the Cowboys. And I'm paraphrasing. It might have been a little more um, edgy th than I just said. Uh, it, and I didn't really take it that way. I just think that every player I talk to says that it's different here. And I think Collins is enjoying it. And part of the reason it's different is because these coaches aren't forcing him out there right now, even if it's at 98%. Get him to that 100% and keep him there until the pads go on and things count. 
which is week one, September 11th, 11th against the Steelers. And getting practice reps is going to be important for him too. So yes, ease him back in 100%. But my point in saying that is like Joe Burrow, what's going to be more important for a guy like Collins is working in practice, not working in preseason games. If we don't see Collins, and you asked Zach Taylor about this a few days ago, I guess last week now, do you need to see Collins in, in a preseason game? He said no. And that's also true for Joe Burrow. But getting these guys, and he talked about this with Burrow in particular, getting these guys those physical reps, not just mental reps, but actually going out there and, and doing the physical motions and going through the practices with their teammates is going to be important. And it's a big step in that right direction of getting those physical reps in to come off the non-football injury list for Collins on Wednesday. The other injury notes from Wednesday's, Wednesday's practice, still no Sam Hubbard. That's two practices. We haven't seen him. Not sure what exactly is going on there. I don't believe we have any specifics. I think there was some thought that it may have been a veteran day on Monday, but not there again on Wednesday. He won't play, obviously, either way as the Bengals will not be playing starters. And again, we'll talk about this more in our preseason game preview coming up tomorrow. The Bengals starters won't be playing for the most part in their first preseason game. So no real concern at the moment for Sam Hubbard until we find out more information. The other couple couple injury notes, Deontay Smith wasn't able to practice, will not be playing as was hoped. And that is a bit of a setback for Deontay Smith. He needs the reps. He needs that ability to show that he can, one, stay healthy and to contribute uh, at the NFL level as he's just been dealing with injuries throughout his Bengals career. And so I'm fortunate that he will miss uh, Friday's game because he would have played, I think, quite a bit if he was healthy and could have done some work for himself to sure himself up or, or prove that he was deserving of one of the backup lineman spots. For sure. And so hopefully, you know, there's nine day, days in between games, preseason game one versus game two. Hopefully he can be out there against the Giants week two of the preseason and, and show his worth. Uh, just a, a quick Burrow update. Not much, even though, my God, I, I, I can say this. ESPN ran with the headline, Joe Burrow resumes throwing which, oh my gosh, which is very not not as accurate as, you know, a Joe Burrow passes, which is over 70% in the regular season last year. But Burrow looked pretty comfortable today. Walked through the locker room um, and then during the open media portion of, of, of things. And then on the practice field, backwards hat Joe, sunglasses Joe. Uh, that to me, I mean, he looked like I did on vacation a few weeks back. So to me... He's getting pretty comfortable out there, and, and, and you know we'll see. So I w- wouldn't be shocked at all if we do actually start to see Joe Burrow actually throwing uh, in the future. Could it be next week? It would not shock me because I think there's going to be a gap between him throwing and then him throwing in team drills. And so if he starts throwing a little bit next week, then maybe the next week after that you see some seven-on-sevens and you go from there. So yeah. hopefully, uh, hopefully we see nine out there doing a little bit more uh, starting next week, maybe, maybe with Sunday's practice actually, after that that first preseason game against the Cardinals. Yeah, because the starters, as I've mentioned, and we'll talk about more, will not be very stressed by that preseason game. They won't be out there. Joe Burrow obviously will not be out there, and he will probably follow, as you're outlining, a similar path to the other Bengals starters that are coming off injury and work individual into light team, into full team, and, and that will be 
I assume, a similar progression, although there's probably a little bit more urgency and impetus for Joe Burrow to be out there and and he shouldn't be getting hit anyway. But um, to, to get the, the guy who's running the offense back on the field. So we'll watch his progress, of course, after the first preseason game where the Bengals will host the Arizona Cardinals. And, well, the offense finally got back on track. We've been talking about how the defense has been winning the day really since pads came on. And on Wednesday, for the first time since pads came on, it's not just Jamar Chase and T. Higgins putting up highlights and individual and teamwork. Now it's the offense on the whole had a good day. The defense still had their victories, but we'll break down what went right for the offense coming up next. If you haven't had a built bar puff yet, I don't know what the heck you're doing, but you're doing something wrong. Because if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know that James Rapine is a big built bar fan, including the puffs. And cookie dough chunk puffs might be the best puff ever. They have a light, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. You get all the joys of cookie dough without the hassle of making it. And it's healthy, only 160 calories, 15 grams of protein. So don't delay. Treat yourself right now. And whether you're trying to hit the gym or you just want a little healthier midday snack, go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. Again, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off today. You would think by now I would be used to the Built Bar conversation and it wouldn't make me hungry, but I guess I'm just hungry today because that really made me crave some chocolate and cookie dough that's packed with protein. Anyway, the offense finally had its way. There were some move-the-ball drills. There were a few touchdowns. Joe Mixon had a couple nice runs and a receiving touchdown, and Mike Thomas had a touchdown. Jamar Chase did Jamar Chase things. Fantastic one-handed catch behind Eli Apple, who was honestly in good position, but sometimes a perfect throw and a great one-handed catch beats good coverage. Beat uh, Chidobe Awuzie on the right sideline. And notice the right sideline there, the cornerback switched sides. I noticed in a lot of videos on on Wednesday where Eli Apple was playing on, I guess, the right side of the defense, the left side of the offense, and usually he would be on the other side. So, so I did think that was an interesting note. But, James, you were obviously present. There, there were some big highlights for the receivers. What else, what else stood out to you for the offense or, or what did stand out to you for the offense as they moved the ball well and scored some touchdowns and, and made some moves on Wednesday? Well, it starts with Jamar. Right. And I, I know I've been hammering this point, but I mean, he's had as good of a camp as you could really ask for him. Such a 180 from last year, consistent, you know, down in and down out. No, he's not going to win every single time uh, or make every catch. Heck, he's doing it without his quarterback. Sometimes he's, you know, open and Brandon Allen just misses him because they, they don't have that timing, that rapport that him and Joe Burrow have. Uh, but he's just. Every single practice, it seems like there's one, two, three plays where it's like, man, nice play. And uh, you've kind of outlined this with the offense got going today, but it actually didn't get going until Jamar stepped up and made a play over the middle. They were kind of stuck in the mud early on during this team portion. And uh, Jamar made a catch over the middle and it kind of got things going. And uh, on that first series and then the second series he really got things going with the one-handed catch with his left hand all the fans are right there it was a really good play one of the the better highlights of camp because fans were right there it was right in front of them and then the deep ball to him he beat Chidobe Awuzie and that the ball hung up there for Brandon Allen and it didn't matter because Jamar goes up and makes a play and it was just 
really nice to see that. But you're right. The offense overall was certainly uh, consistent. They scored a couple of touchdowns, uh, a broken hole shot to, to Joe Mixon for, for the first touchdown. And uh, it was two things. One, Awuzie, I think, thought he had Von Bell, and Von Bell thought he had Awuzie, uh, you know, in coverage on Mixon, and Mixon just able to squeeze between them and get wide open downfield for the easy score, spun the ball, and uh, fans certainly like that one. And then Mike Thomas gets hit in the air as he's making a catch or, or gets hit as he's crossing the goal line, excuse me. And then in the in midair, uh, chest bumps Joe Mixon in celebration. So it was uh, – th- there were some good things on offense. Uh, I will say this. I think that uh, Trey Hendrickson certainly got some pressure against Jonah Williams. Uh, Jeff Gunter got the better of Jonah Williams a couple of times. Um, and it doesn't mean that Jonah's a turnstile. He also got the better of Trey Hendrickson on another rep where he put – Trey on his on his tail. So hopefully th- this is the best case scenario right here. Trey Hendrickson's a freak. He's helping Jonah get better. Jonah it, it continues to improve and, and is getting better because he's facing Trey every day and, and is making 91 get better as well. But here's the other part. Maybe Jeff Gunter from Coastal Carolina is a player. And that's one of the things, spoiler, that I'm going to be looking for on Friday night because he looks the part. We know he athletic testing wise tested like a freak and he's had it's not just on wednesday he's had some good practices now where it's like 93 93 again 93 so i'm uh, i'm excited to see him you know put on the pads for real and go up against uh, you know players that if he is what we've seen in practice he should be able to beat on friday night against the cardinals yeah, we had a brief conversation with Locked On Cardinals host Alex Clancy in, in DMs this morning, and or I guess this afternoon for you, and he's like, he's joking with us that he's starting at right tackle for the Cardinals, who also will not be playing their first or second string players. And so if that's the case, I certainly hope that, that Jeff Gunter has his way. But He would crush Clancy. I'll let oh, you yeah. know right now. It, it ain't, built bars aren't saving Alex Clancy <laughs> from, from Jeff Gunter. It ain't happening. <laughs> yeah, they're not saving many people from Jeff Gunter <laughs> or or any NFL player, I would say. But uh, they, they are fantastic. Well, that's not a knock on built bars. Boy, but no, if an no, NFL yeah. player has a built bar and an average Joe has a built built bar, guess who wins? Anyway, uh, sounds like things are moving well for the offense. The caveats that are always here that I always think about as we've been talking about the defense being ahead of the offense in camp is obviously no Joe Burrow makes a massive difference. So the step down from Joe Burrow to Brandon Allen is large. And that's not a shot at Brandon Allen. He's a backup quarterback and Joe Burrow is one of the better quarterbacks, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. The other thing that has been an issue is that T Higgins is not participating in 11s. And so that is a big part of this offense as well. And when you're missing those two pieces, in addition to a guy like Lyle Collins or Alex Kappa at times, or Jonah Williams is, you know, forgetting the snap count or whatever's going on with Jonah Williams on certain plays, then you start to see some of these things happen on offense where things aren't going so well. Another interesting thing that I noticed on, on Wednesday was a lot of mixing of units. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that a little bit. Maybe, maybe this is part of the preparation for, uh, for Friday's preseason game, but also there was a nice run for Joe Mixon where it's it's a little bit of a, I don't know if it was wide zone or split zone, looked like it might have been a wide zone kind of play where Hayden Hurst was coming across the formation for a sift block, and that just means that the offensive line is all moving to the right. Jonah Williams is getting to the second level off of left tackle, and then to pick up Trey Hendrickson on that play is Hayden Hurst coming across the formation behind the offensive line. Really nice block 
from Hayden Hurst on Trey Hendrickson on that play to open up a pretty nice size hole for Joe Mixon, who, you know, was five, six, seven yards downfield before contact would have possibly been initiated. And so that looked like it was a pretty nice blocked play all across the offensive line. I saw a few plays where Isaiah Prince had nice reps at right tackle. I saw a startling amount of plays, James, where Hayden Hurst is pass blocking one-on-one, and that is not something that I want to see a whole lot of this regular season, but could just be what they're working on in practice, of course. So quite a lot going on for the offense that I saw that I liked uh, on on various plays that were posted online, and I, I thought it was really interesting how things were getting mixed up for the offense where second and third teamers were getting into the mix as well. Yeah, Jake Browning got some first team reps. You know, they they mixed uh, throughout. Chris Evans was getting first team reps, and that's the thing. Uh, I think that's kind of one of my my takeaways uh, today. Chris Evans, shocker, James are being bullish on Chris Evans. Wait, Chris Evans? We haven't talked about him in weeks. What, ma- what do you ma- mean? Making plays Great. on offense with the first team, and it's like, all right, okay, well, two five. Oh, that was a nice run. Oh, that was nice off tackle. Oh, nice catch. So we'll see. We'll see how much he plays Friday. Is is there truly uh, an RB two competition? Because if so, you know, I want to see. You know, Chris Evans with the same guys that that Samaj Piran's playing with. You know, right. so that that part of it would be uh, interesting. I thought he had a good day. Um, and so, can, can I ahead. ask a quick question there? We haven't talked about Piran very much. He was injured. Is he back to full participation, or mm-hmm. is he also like T Higgins missing team stuff? Oh no, he he's, he's full go. Pads were popping today. Yeah, they're just doing thud, but pads are popping today today with Samaj Piran. I would expect him to play on Friday. It'll be interesting to see what running backs do play. The way that Zach Taylor talked about it, and, and we'll get into that, the, the way he talked about it, the established starters won't play. P. Ryan, obviously not a starter per se, but I took that to mean the established veterans on the team won't necessarily play a whole lot. But if P. Ryan and Evans have an equal snap count, and this may be something we talk about more tomorrow, James, when we get into our game preview, that can tell you something about the state of that competition where the the people that are going to be playing in this preseason game are fighting for something. And uh, that's probably more of a uh, conversation for tomorrow when we get into that preview. Still plenty to talk about today. Some special teams note as, as, as Evan McPherson had a notable occurrence, a rare occurrence in training camp. Drew Christman still out there punting. Tell us what you saw from the punters. If, if it was noteworthy, on yeah, Wednesday, special teams, baby. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about some of those fringe roster guys who continue to get work. As you, as I mentioned, they, they're getting work with the ones a little bit more. And there are some clear trends happening there. So I think that's where we should go, James, to wrap up. Let's dive in to, to those special teams. And in one specialist who is making an impression on offense, Jake, had a really nice catch today with the first team. Kwame Lasseter, mm-hmm. probably going to still have to make the team because he's, of, of his returnability, at least if he's capable there and, and you know, continues to flash on offense. But, man, him and Kendrick Pryor both, uh, you know, are making plays. And uh, so we'll see if that translates to, to the game on Sunday. For those wondering, number 18 is Lasseter, number 19 is Pryor because I get it, man. You, you have all, I see him every day. But if you don't, if you're not watching clips all the time, it's easy to, to get lost in the shuffle with these new bodies and, and new players with their numbers. Um, outside of that, you're right, the rare occurrence, Evan McPherson missing wide right. 
I, I, I was watching it go and I'm like, oh no, money, money. So he's human. That that's that's my big crazy takeaway. Don't need the hot shake, hot take chain for that. Uh, Evan McPherson, human, but still has made like, I think Trags has been keeping keeping count. I, I think it was uh, 39 of 41 or something like that. Char- Charlie G had it at 40 of 42, so it's okay. it's right in that neighborhood for sure. Ooh, I mean. I'll take it. Sign me up for that in 2022 if that's what you're giving me. So mm-hmm. he's been he's been money, but there were uh, you know there was one mishap on. So Wednesday. so my question is who snapped it and who held it on the miss? Oh, mm, I don't know if I got if I took video of that or not. Honestly, that's Off the top of my head. I, I don't know. That's what requires investigation because we you know we've talked about the 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 hold in particular because. You know, people know my opinion of the long snapper battle at this point. I don't think it's necessarily a massive battle, although they will rotate in, in the preseason as the coaches are treating it as a battle. But I'm curious as to who is holding that one. But for Evan McPherson, 40 of 42 is 95%, James. And with the distance of these field goals, 50 plus yards, many of these attempts, that's a pretty good clip. And Sorry, you were going to jump in with something about the holder, perhaps. Yeah, and I, so I didn't get that one, but the, I, I took the one before that where it was from 50-plus as well, and Drew Christman was the holder. And th- that's the thing is, like, we haven't noticed much of a difference. Mm-hmm. It's missed two field goals, and all of these guys are rotating. And so will that be the case on game day as well? Obviously, we know they're going to rotate, but will he just be perfect? Because if so, then the punter job is going to come down to punting. Mm-hmm. Which, again, Drew Chrisman today I thought outpunted Kevin Huber, just booming punts, uh, you know, off of his leg. And so now there's more to it than just punting it as far as you can. Of course, the placement, where it is, how high it is. But a lot of his punts were really, really high, really, really far. I've been impressed with Drew Chrisman the past couple of, of practices and, and sessions, from punting wise. And if it comes down to a punting competition. I actually think Drew Christman, younger leg, stronger leg, he's got a real, real shot, uh, but he's got to cancel out and, and, and kind of make that holding piece of things, make it moot, where it's just like, ah, eh, it's it's pretty even. It's pretty, it's 50-50, because he's not going to dominate that. We know Kevin Huber is a really good holder, but can he get it close to 50-50? Because if so, I think he's got a real shot here to win the punting job. Yeah, when do we hear from Darren Simmons next? Because I'm sure Darren Simmons, great interview. I'm sure he would give us some pretty interesting remarks on how that battle's going. Do you think we'll hear from Simmons again anytime soon? Maybe after the game. You know, after the game, maybe we'll talk to him Sunday. Uh, you know, get a, a reflection on that. Um, that would be the time. Know, yeah, because that's the thing is now we've kind of seen it, but you got to go out there and show it. And and then he, I want my, I want his takeaways after that. And so it, it'll be interesting to see what he says. But uh, look, he's had guys, and he's told us this. On record, he talked about Dan Scuda. He was like, look, some guys go out there and they make all the special teams plays, and then they get in practice, and then they get in the game, and it's deer in the headlights. And he was like, so I need to see who does what, when they do what with the lights on. And so Friday's, Friday's big for that for sure. Yeah, and and will be big for some of these fringe roster guys we've been talking about, for guys like Jeff Gunter, for guys like Kwame Lasseter that have showed out in in camp practices, guys like Zach Carter, guys like Cordell Volson, that, that left guard competition. These are all going to be major things that we're going to be watching. And again, they're not going to have the stiffest of competition as Arizona is not going to be playing any of their ones or twos, according to Alex Clancy. But 
you, we're, we're going to get to see my Jay Sanders, the, the Cardinals Bearcat. third, third round pick. And so we'll, we'll have some nice looks for, for some of these guys that are fighting to show what they can do in the NFL. And no matter what the competition is from the Cardinals, it's going to be a step up for the most part from what these guys saw in college, but there will be plenty of time James tomorrow for us to dive in to what we're going to be watching in the first preseason game as you and I in preseason form, get to practice doing our pregame and postgame episodes. Excited, excited for that. Excited to have real football to talk about again, to have film to review, to have individual performances to watch and, these are the things that we look for in the preseason and the things that we will be talking about when we dive into our first game preview of the 2022 NFL season preseason week one right around the corner. That's going to do it for this episode of the lockdown Bengals podcast. Like I said, tomorrow we've got a game preview for you. We'll have a game review for you after the game on Friday until next time. Bengals fans. Thanks for listening to the lockdown Bengals podcast. Who day? Have a good one.